For the record, please state your name and uh, the organization you work for. Jerry Mitchley, Visa, Sub-Saharan Africa. So I asked a question at the What's Next FinTech event. I asked you whether at Visa there is a distinction in your minds between access versus inclusion. The other question I asked, I'd like you to repeat the answer to, is does Visa have a, an MO with regards to approaching fintech startups they think have the potential to provide the kind of innovation that perhaps isn't happening already within Visa? Right, so let me answer the distinguish between access and inclusion, right? So it's it's really a two-pronged approach. I don't think we see the one as mutually exclusive to the other. And essentially what we start with is looking at what we're trying to solve for, trying to solve a business need when it comes to enabling payment for a certain market segment. And that really points to how we're going to create that inclusion. Then the access is, is often a natural evolution of that. However, I think continuously we can't just look at one in isolation. So there's, there's often a mantra within our office is that for every dollar we spend, 50 cents has to be spent on access. I don't think that we can focus on one or the other and that's largely a focus throughout our entire business across Africa. To the second question about uh, Visa's MO regarding acquisitions or potential acquisitions. So there's not a one-size-fits-all model. We do have quite an active ventures model. You're not necessarily going to see us uh, making acquisitions just to gain footprints or to gain competency. But what you will see is a lot of investment behind the scenes uh, where we see some kind of innovation or disruptive technology that's enabling something that we see as strategically important for us to invest in. So there's a couple of examples uh, we can cite. Uh, for example, Lupe, where we got them kind of on the path to enabling their technology for a global interoperable way because of the clever enablement that they were facilitating and got behind them in terms of venture, which then subsequently put them in a great position for them to sell themselves onto Samsung. So that's an example of really our philosophy around uh, investment is, is looking at backing uh, companies and, and innovation um, that is, is going to be accelerating something that is strategically important to us. So you wouldn't necessarily be looking to acquire promising fintech startups, you know, in the fear of being left behind, as it were. Look, I did say it's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all. Um, if, if there was some kind of acceleration, uh, uh, business rationale behind that, it's definitely a possibility. So it's, it's not a definite no, it's not a definite yes, but we're not just in the sake of acquiring uh, for the sake of, um, you know, just bolting on some utility. We would rather walk a path together with a company through an investment approach interesting to me that in my very short lifetime, Visa's gone from the cutting-edge disruptor to being part of the furniture uh, in 2016. Tell me what sort of conversations you might be having at Visa around making sure that you aren't just a brand on plastic for this current generation and, and remain relevant going forward as a serious tech player within fintech. So that's exactly what we're focusing on. We do have a strong brand in terms of the trust. If you look at where we rate in terms of various different uh, uh, surveys across the globe, that's really what our strength is. And so we will continuously make sure that we are delivering on that brand trust and on that brand promise. But we have to evolve in terms of what we are. Um, so yes, today maybe we are considered as a plastic card company, but more and more we have to ensure that we're enabling uh, the, the vast network that we have, the interoperable capability that we have in this new uh, digital space. So if you look at where we are playing and how we're enabling payments, this is exactly why we've, we've evolved and changed the business. Just recently we opened up our um, visa development 
developer center, we've shifted gears uh, fundamentally into um, kind of a, a closed black box business into opening up our APIs, allowing for a lot of innovation around the foundation of what we've built. So we want to move into a space where it's not kind of made by Visa, but enabled by Visa. Um, so still leveraging that brand promise and that brand trust, the, the non-repeatability and the robustness around what we do. But we're quite happy if it happens behind the scenes and that we're enabling new uh, contextual commas where the future of payments is going. You were conspicuously the only woman on the panel at What's Next Fintech. I can't presume that that's normal for you. Do you have any thoughts on the state of play with regards to women being actively involved in tech, not just in South Africa, on the continent, perhaps around the world? What's your sense? Unfortunately, it is normal for me, which is a pity. We are seeing more and more uh, women starting to um, raise their profile and become active. I'm not sure exactly what the reason of it is, especially in Africa. We, I still, now I'm just speaking as a woman from a personal point of view, find that it is, is still predominantly male, that uh, we still have a long way to go in terms of uh, raising the profile of women and making sure that they are at the forefront of technology and innovation. It's something that still requires many more years to come until we see, you know, kind of a 50-50 spread or maybe even more uh, woman dominance in, in presence. Well, here's to hoping. The final question I have to ask you involves getting a sense of what trends within technology, innovation, Broadly speaking, what's exciting you right now? What are you impatient to see up and going or, or, or explode into something mainstream? It's a very loaded question. Um, this disruption is happening across all of our industries. Who knows how long the SIM card is, is going to exist? Um, so it's disrupting uh, the mobile space, uh, the medical space, the personal entertainment space. These are all exciting spaces for us. Even if I look at my own uh, children um, currently being educated in a way that's vastly different to how I was educated, which wasn't that long ago. Um, <laughs> so that's what's exciting for me is, is just how quickly we need to react to these changes. You know, in, in terms of the space we're in, financial services, um, in this digital realm, we're right at the edge of where uh, things are starting to change and being challenged to have to react to that in a very, very rapid way. If we look at how long, you know, certain uh, technologies or enablements took to be adopted in the past and how quickly, you know, everyone abuses the Uber example, but for example, how quickly that has changed the space of my, my transport is now my mobile phone in my hand. That's exciting for me in terms of what that is enabling across all industries and not just financial services.